What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Welcome to Pop Culture Confidential, a part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And welcome back, Ryan McQuaid. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. This is great. You're the executive editor at Awards Watch and In Session Film. Thanks for popping into the show. We have absolutely nothing to talk about. Well, that's that's just because <laughs> we had a boring old ceremony. And, and, and we just handed out awards to winners and nothing else happened. Nope. Not a single thing and um if anyone tells you otherwise they're lying they're lying to you anyway um <laughs> that was really something on sunday and uh, we're gonna talk about the oscar telecast we're gonna talk about that slap heard around the world and then we're gonna talk a little bit about the winners and the predictions we had going in and everything so i'm so happy you're here but starting with the show um just some general you know history here so this show had an estimated 15.4 million viewers, and that's up a little bit from 2021, which was the lowest rated show in Oscar history that had 10.4. This is still the second lowest, but it's going up a little bit. The producer of the lowest show was Steven Soderbergh, and the Academy and ABC chose another filmmaker to produce this year, and that was Will Packer. And he had a lot of con controversy to begin with going into making this show. For example, they decided to pre-tape eight of the categories in a pre-show that, you know, they got a lot of flack for that from the industry and a whole bunch of other things. Um, I've been hearing a lot of people, Vulture called the show a disaster, <laughs> even before the slap, even before the violence. It was quite predictable. I think you guys are going to hear both me and Ryan say that in terms of the winners. But there was also a lot of history. We have Jane Campion, Troy Kotsur, and the fabulous Ariana DeBose winning. Let's get started with those eight categories that they didn't show. How did you think it worked? Um, horribly. <laughs> I did too. Um, I, I've, I felt it from the standpoint of two, two ways. One, the whole hour before us learning online felt soul-sucking to begin with the idea of and this is clearly been out in the ether but to see it in practice is is one thing besides just talking about it right so to see that and know that these speeches are what we got on the telecast from what we've heard the rumor is that is going to be the speech that we know forever it is not going to be the unedited versions it is going to be the edited versions we heard that there was even some version of the eyes of Tammy Faye makeup team calling out artisans, calling out uh, the importance of them. And they cut that from the show. Mm -hmm. So we knew they were going to do this and it still felt wrong. And it still is wrong because without these people, 
um, in these five categories that are part of filmmaking. And then, of course, the shorts, uh, they make up for, you know, for the shorts, they make up people that could make feature films and be Oscar winners again down the road for those craft categories. None of those movies exist without the basic things of, you know, production design and um editing Editing. which is which is all which this show desperately needed um (laughs) yeah because to your point there i mean one of the things that the producers in abc had as a motivation for taking the movie was time that this had to be a three-hour mm -hmm. show it's never three this show was three hours and 40 minutes which is longer than the last few years in total they really only took away a bit of the winner's walk from their seats up. They left, yeah. I mean, and then they put in a whole bunch of other stuff. So it did not help even even in that sense. No, it didn't. And then getting to the editing of it into the show, it was so weird. Just the way they <laughs> spliced them in, it was, it was like a spite of an editor putting them into the show um, because they would just... Sometimes they come after the commercial break and they just go to it. And the, the weird thing about it was, is they were re-showing them in the theater. Yeah. Like they didn't happen. And the, when everyone was there an hour before or two hours or three hours before when they showed them. So it just felt so weird. They did not follow the, the Tony model where they just redo it for what happens, you know, on the, the broadcast for people at home. Uh, they 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 went at it in a very very strange weird way, and I hope and pray that because the Oscar ratings did go up, like you mentioned, they went up five million as of now. It could go up a little bit more by Thursday once they get final numbers. This isn't also including streaming numbers. I'm sure that also because the show here in the in the United States is now streaming live on Hulu, um, that people could are going to probably watch it and see it over and over again just because of a certain topic that we will talk about later. <laughs> um, but that that um, you know it just it t- the whole thing is just bad. It's just a it was a bad idea, and I hope, like I said, with the ratings going up, this doesn't justify what they did because, like you said, the end goal wasn't there. It was no. so let's cut these categories so then we can make a three hour show. And add in a bunch of fluff. And the fluff that they added was just as bad as yeah. cutting these. I'm, I'm going to get into that because you made a good point. That's weird because one of the things as a TV producer, which I've been for many years, is choices, right? You have to make choices. And the choices here, I found to use your words, so weird. Like, for example, the Bond thing that you mentioned. Oh, my God. For God's sake. Don't even get me started. You had a skateboarder, a a snowboarder, and and I don't remember now, presenting the Bond thing. Judy Dench was sitting right there. Rami Malek was right there. Javier Bardem. Right there. Billie Eilish and and Phineas performed a song and they they edited it in or they chose to do that performance not even connected to the James Bond tribute. I didn't understand a thing of that. I didn't understand that. I am a massive James Bond fan. Mm -hmm. And so I thought 10 years ago when they did the montage presented by Halle Berry that went into Shirley Bassey that then went into Adele 
I thought it was a fine tribute, but it didn't have the one thing you need in a James Bond tribute. It didn't have James Bond. <laughs> it didn't have Daniel Craig. It didn't have Pierce Brosnan or Timothy Dalton or, you know, any of them that are still alive. It didn't but have Ryan, any there of was them. a skateboarder. <laughs> there was a skateboarder, a surfer and, a, and an Olympic snowboarder. And I sat there going, what are we doing? Like what? Like. They're not even connected whatsoever. They're just three decent looking fellas who put on suits. Talented, but then also there's controversial stuff about Sean White that's out there in the ether right now and all this other stuff. And you just kind of go, what are we doing? Like, what is this? And then I think that was just as bad was The Godfather. Oh, yeah. Because it's the greatest film of all time. You had P. Diddy. I love Diddy. I love me some Diddy, but it did not make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> I've said this already the last couple of days. Francis Ford Coppola's best friends are Martin Scorsese, George Lucas, and Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. He's right Spielberg there. Spielberg is literally there sitting, filming it on his phone. Just get him up there to present his friend's crowning achievement, the crowning achievement of American filmmaking. And then you had Francis Ford Coppola, who Looked really good yeah. uh, after the montage. 82? And yeah, for 82, he, hey, I want to, he's been drinking at the uh, winery a lot. <laughs> and, uh, but what was the weird choice? The two weird choices was having Pacino and De Niro walk up with them and not say anything. Not and the other word. thing is, the other thing is, Robert De Niro is in Godfather Part Two, not Godfather Part One. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? It didn't make any damn sense whatsoever. That's sort of the operative word here is weird. And what about the memorium with the upbeat oh. tempo, the dancing when people are talking about their friends that have passed? It's it's to me and we're like okay. boogieing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and it has like a weird upbeat part where then Bill Murray shows up to yeah. honor Ivan Reitman and then Jane Lee Curtis honors Betty White. And it kind of came back. It came out right after what happened with will smith and uh quest loves a wonderful speech Which and no they one, cut right everyone back everyone was just like shaking we're gonna get yeah. to that but shaking after no one listened to so, so yeah. you're shaking not knowing what is going on and then you jump into the immemorium and then you still are going what is going on it was such a jarring moment it was it was all the things that were promised in this telecast were nightmarish mm -hmm. the the cutting of the categories and all that and splicing it in nightmare the bond tribute nightmare godfather weird nightmare the we don't talk about bruno sequence where they didn't even sing the song it was more like a megan de stallion music video i was like what a, what is the point of this if you're not going to actually have the cast sing the full song I don't care if it doesn't like it doesn't work. And wh why have an unnecessary distraction? It was little things added and tons of Disney you know, ads for the oh ABC. You felt like they were just pushing it. the Academy Museum tour, which also felt like an ad for the Academy, just peppered in there the entire telecast. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with that because they got to sell them tickets. And and like Wanda Sight said, there's a lot of money that they got to sell. <laughs> And I and I and I get that one, Lightyear, 
of all the movies that you can promote is Lightyear. Like you don't have a Marvel movie or you don't have some star like Obi-Wan Kenobi show is about to premiere. Same with uh, Moon Knight. Uh, show me Oscar Isaac. I don't mind seeing Oscar Isaac. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't think anyone does. Uh, but I just also too like this is another thing that's irked me. 28 years is not an anniversary. Right. That was a Pulp Fiction, right? For Pulp Fiction. What is a 28-year <laughs> anniversary? No one celebrates things for 28 years. You know, as someone that's been in a very long-term relationship, I can I can tell you this. 28 years by then, you're like, yeah, okay, all right, you know. But 30 is occasion. Like, no, like no one's like, hey, you want to come to our, my 28th birthday party? Yeah, I don't know about that. 30 <laughs> years, 20 years, like, yeah, I think that that's pretty big. You know, I mean, round numbers, folks, is what we're trying to say. But there was several. I mean, even though it was a round number, I think it was 15, right? Juno is also really we wanted a a reunion, a 15 year reunion of of that. What? Okay, I mean, I like them, but. (laughs) And also someone pointed out online and it's fair. Where was Diablo Cody? Where's Quentin Tarantino? Like, I love the Pulp Fiction moment because they seem to have the best chemistry coming back and and that you know like uma and travolta they had a lot of fun sam controlling the room because it was you know he just had the governor's award which was fantastic but like to not have like tarantino up there with them that would have just broken the house Mm -hmm. and yet i i I don't understand why they presented best actor though that was again another weird Weird decision (laughs) (laughs) so before i get into some more positive things is there anything else you want to highlight from the telecast any more um, weird choices that you thought of that i haven't i didn't know the world needed a white man jump can't you know can't Another jump reunion. reunion um but it was it was nice to see them all together like the reunions are, are a nice idea i hope they would do more of these down the road like it like some of these things that will packard did um is only what a movie producer could probably mm-hmm. do is to persuade celebrities to come and do something extraordinary like that and to have those moments of nostalgia put in there. Those are the moments where you're like, okay, they're celebrating the past films. I don't know if white man can't jump is one of them. I mean, it's like, like that movie was nominated for any Oscars to begin with. Uh, I can understand Pulp Fiction and Juno, but it was just nice seeing those three up there. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, the last hour and a half of the show becomes a blur because of everything. So like it, it's, it's the sort of sad part that you hardly even remember what happened after that, it, at least not in detail. But what did you think about the hosts, Wanda Sykes, Amy Schumer, Regina Hall? I thought they were pretty great um, because they added and I missed them. Me too. The telecast... More of them. Less yes. of the weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> the telecast forgot about them. And that's, Again, I hate throwing him under the bus. That's a Will Packer move. You have not one, not you have three hosts. And it took like, I think, 30 minutes or 45 minutes. It felt like when the whole incident happened for them to come back out. And Amy Schumer's like, it's been weird. Like, where I last time I came out. Well, but she did. Yeah, she handled that great. I thought, again, there were some weird decisions like they came out together and did all three of them you know doing jokes which was a little rocky 
but it's it's what to expect. They are all different speeds of comedian. Then Amy Schumer comes and does her own monologue. Which I was like, okay, they're all going to do that, right? Yeah, one an hour or something like that. That's one an hour. <laughs> nope. Never happened. You know what I mean? They did a, a weird, like, they did exactly what Anne Hathaway and James Franco did. Where they dressed up like characters from the movies. And that is such a tired bit. And I'm so tired of it. Even though Wanda Sites look hilarious as... Um, King Richard, I thought that that was, and Amy Schumer coming out of Spider-Man, that was funny, because then they cut to Andrew Garfield's face and and everything, but it's still a tired bit and doesn't need to be in the telecast if you're cutting categories. And then the Wanda Sykes bit, I thought the Regina Hall bit with the, um, with the, with wanting to be around all the guys. testing of the guys. That scared the bejesus out of me. I had almost a heart attack watching that. Because I thought to myself, oh, my God, the BAFTA spreader event, spreader event. Wow, that was a, a tough little pill to yeah. spell. Um, it, came to, it came to the Oscars. And I went, oh, no. And then oh, they turned it, it into real. a joke. I thought it was real. Because so then later, when the slap around the world happens, I'm thinking, wow, another bit. Yeah, another and scary like, bit. <laughs> another scary bit. And then it wasn't a bit and you're like, okay, this is why bits aren't good at the Oscars because you never know what's real and what's not. And it's going to scare the crap out of everyone like myself. And it's jarring for an audience at home. Like it's jar. It was jarring for me. And I love this. So what does an average viewer think with all this stuff? And if somebody is scared of COVID, it's kind of insensitive. Plus also too, I don't care if it's a nice bit or not. If the roles were reversed and let's say someone like Chris Rock was doing that bit with women, it would not be a good look. And so while I thought she pulled it off, kind of, it's still when you play Monday morning quarterback a little bit, it's probably not the smartest thing. But ultimately, I would like to see them come back, maybe individually, um, since together it seemed like a little bit of a mess. But um, I don't know. What do you think of them? I thought they were. I thought Amy Schumer was particularly good. I I completely concur with that. Where were they? Um, and we needed them. And individually, I think it would have been even better because then they could have showcased. I thought the Regina Hall was funny to begin with. The joke it took the joke a bit too far, and and I felt like she could get better material than just being desperate. <laughs> um, yeah. And and yeah. she she had to do that several times, and I just felt that she's so much better than that. I'm starting to wonder, I just read that Amy Schumer had to literally go out on Twitter and um, explain to people that Kirsten Dunst was in on the joke. There was a joke at the end where she called her a seat filler and she walked out and Jesse Plemons, I mean, she moved her and said, your seat fell and sat down. And then people got really offended by this. And she had to go out and say, look, she was in on it. If we're at the point where we're getting so offended by comedians jokes, then we have on top of that, we're going to discuss the Will Smith, the Chris Rock thing and all that. Are, should we really have comedians at this? Should we not maybe have actors hosting and, and, and celebrating each other? I just think that people are getting very sensitive People don't want to be joked about. I mean, really, it, it's whether we think the jokes are lowball or good. I didn't understand at all why people were so pissed off at the Kirsten Dunst joke. That, and she has no. to go out and explain it afterwards. Maybe these are not the right hosts for this event. 
or maybe it's not the right people for humanity um, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree. I thought it was a bit the whole time. I actually thought it was like a play on the fact that everyone considers Jesse Plemons exactly. of the relationship that it was a to reverse be reverse thing. And she's yeah, it was a reverse star. thing and that she's the big star. And, and the fact that he's playing it up very well as being uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, just kind of goes with the, why I love Jesse Plemons so much. Um, but yeah, if you have to explain comedy and um, it's the Oscars, it's a night full, a room full of egos at the highest point that could ever be probably like turned to 11. And, you know, they, they explained before the show, um, Regina Hall did, Wanda Sykes, Amy Schumer, that they were going to take some punches, but it was all in good faith. I mean, if I'm Aaron Sorkin, I'm probably never writing something for Amy Schumer. Um, but you know, it's, and, uh, and I thought they were kind of, they were Enrique great Gervais jokes. has done this on, you know, times a thousand. Um, yeah. I think that some people might consider like the Gervais of it all to be like, that's a Globes thing and not an Oscars thing. But at the same token though, it, people just want to laugh. And some jokes were, I mean, they were, they were softballs comparison yes. to what you, what Ricky Gervais could have done. So, um, like it, it's, it, so dumb so dumb and the fact that she had to explain that is it yeah people it's it's the definition of it going over their head yes um so i want to talk about some lovely moments too i thought the troy kutsur and yun yun jun was just the best moment of the night when she's standing there and just so Hello, and welcome to Guilty Greenie. I feel like we should start off this show by saying it's nearly impossible to be 100% sustainable given the current world we live in. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Not a great analogy for a vegetarian, but you know. We're talking uh, about sustainability, maybe not the best analogy. Don't eat the elephant is the first rule of the Guilty Greenie. There's your first challenge of the week. Avoid (laughs) elephants. What they used to call frugal is now considered sustainable. That's such an aha moment. Frugal to sustainable. You can save money and help the planet. That's going to be our new tagline for sure. You can find Guilty Greenie on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you prefer. And join us in tackling the Guilty Greenie challenges. Until then, stay curiously green. close to him and just staring at him and holding his Oscar and, and, you know, giving, I thought that was just melted me. Yeah. I thought that that moment was beautiful because she signed his name, learn how to sign yes. his name. And she just, that that's why she's the best because she understands maybe have you uh produce the Oscars. Yes, she's please. made two years in a row where she's like the moment. And she understands that like, it's about caring about the person that is going to win it is about caring and understanding that this is a, a giant momentous occasion and it's going to have to have some sort of heart and specificity to it that only the Oscars could have. And I thought she did a great job. I thought her Kotzer speech was, was very good. I thought the night started off great with Ariana DeBose's oh, uh, speech. Wonderful. I wanted, I wanted to give her a hug, not just because I I've interviewed her and I know her a little bit just because like, it was a warm blanket to the LGBTQ community. It was a warm blanket to uh, Latinos around the entire world, um, especially Afro Latinos who, you know, felt that they were not 
uh, seen earlier this year and, and yet someone, you know, that looks like them won an Oscar. And that's, that's the importance of the Oscars is that people can see that they, they have a chance in this world to win Hollywood's biggest prizes. And so I just thought her speech was beautiful. She's the first openly uh, queer person uh, to LGBTQ Afro Latina as well to win an Oscar period uh, in the acting categories. Um, I, I was so proud of her and her outfit was it was red but it was on fire and um just the just some of the highlights of that was you know everyone had some really interesting choices and red was definitely the color of the night red was the highlight for me color of the night and then it and then like it turned into violence in the telecast so it was like a little foreshadowing so there you go you know um but yeah i thought that that speech was great um Barring the controversy, Questlove's speech was was moving. Oh, um, I feel so sorry if everyone missed that. Just for the listeners, go look it up and listen to it, and how how taken he was talking about his parents and and just what a wonderful moment. People were just not listening at that point. No, they weren't, and um, you know, I I thought that Jessica Chastain's speech when she fi- when she finally won an Oscar um was was beautiful and touching and exactly sort of what you expect from one of the classiest actresses in in the world right now i mean she she's come a long way um and uh and i'm I'm, i was and she should have like 900 awards because she's had such a stellar career um and i loved her dress because it started kind of started gold and you're like oh no is she gonna do the dreaded like curse thing of wearing gold the oscars you don't get the oscar exactly um sorry glenn close um but then like it came down and you see that it looked a lot like something from tammy Faye's wardrobe because it was very fluffy and i thought that that was like a wonderful look and everything and and, did you um, see her green vanity fair dress oh my god like (laughs) by the way also too like when you are dressed like that at the parties after you've just been in another gown I would have been like Ariana DeBose. She like she took one. Her suit was kind of like a, a dress pantsuit jumper sort of thing that was like awesome. And then she went into something like another small, more comfortable dress like later. I would be like at those parties in sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> like I would be like the collar is off. Let's go. I'm drinking like especially if I won. Oh, trust me. I would the jacket be off. The tie would be off. It would be it. You would not have to worry about seeing me like, oh, what did he change into? Did he change in? You know, I'd be I'd be like, yeah, I've, I've got my best cardigan and I'm dancing the night away, like you know, like or whatever. Like, I, I. But her dress was fire. I mean, it was it was like she looked like the green Infinity Stone. Oh my like, god, it was awesome. Beautiful. So we're going to get back to talk about the winners, but let's get into someone else who had the opportunity to party all night. And that was actually Will Smith. Um, oh, my God. Let's start <laughs> at the beginning here. Tell me about, you know, sort of your room and your reaction to to when this happened. I was sitting there. I was watching with a couple of people. And the edit, because I'm in the Central Standard Time of, of, of the country, so I'm not in Eastern, because with Eastern... Like, you know, you're going to see it live. Um, Europe saw it live. 
we got this weird amalgamation cut and i went this feels familiar because it reminded me of la la land and moonlight only let's dial the nozzle to bad instead of that ended up being like great and um i couldn't believe it i was when chris rock said that he slapped the hell out of him i went what and then you heard snippets of like will smith yelling and then chris rock's face said it all like you know it he's it said that i might have just or we might have just seen the worst thing in oscar's history and then you know it led into him having to still give out an award after all that which is like i don't know how he did that and he took it kind of like a champ um because like he didn't fall or anything Personally, for me, I would have uh, sold it and made it even worse mm-hmm. for Will Smith. Um, also, too, Chris Rock's a better person than me because I would have uh, I would have found Will Smith in the parking lot. And uh, I don't care. Wh- you know, you want to slap me in public. All right. You know, it's over. It's done. Like, we're, you know, we might have we might have go a couple rounds. Um, it might be Ali Frazier. You know, you play, obviously, Muhammad Ali. I will play Frazier. Um, and I just. I couldn't believe it. One. It's this. There is no real winner here. I know there is no side. I think I can be on because Chris Rock clearly has a relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith. They've been. Uh, they did a couple of Madagascar movies and a bunch of other films, and they've come up together in the comedy scene and things like that. So they know each other. Um, I don't know if he knew about her alopecia. If he didn't, it's a big, gigantic ignorance mark on him because, like, they're supposed to be. It's it's known. It's been out there for years. That being said, though, he is an observationalist. He is the ultimate. I'm going to say something. It's not to make offense. It's just to make a quick joke, you know, and it's just to get a a cheap laugh. And that's what it kind of was. And I I don't know if the, the joke made any, you know, anything other than like I had a couple of people go like to me. Are they making a, a new G.I.J. Yeah, movie? And and I was like, I don't believe so. But if they're making it with Jada Pinkett Smith, that'd be kind of badass. And, and I was like, please green light that movie. And I hope they do now. Um, but um, then he, he went up there and he did it. <clears throat> and it does not excuse anything what Chris Rock said, but it doesn't mean that the answer is violence. No, I, I agree. I mean, Chris Rock, I mean, he made a movie about black women's hair and his children's yeah. hair. And I mean, he there was an opportunity here for Will Smith and Jada to, to really address alopecia in a different way. I mean, this is a hurtful comments they, that that we should you know talk about this for everyone, doesn't it? If he would have mentioned it in his speech. Or if he would have talked mm-hmm. about it afterwards, if they could have given, you know, you you saw it in her face that this joke did not land well. Um, but he went so low, Will Smith, resorting to violence and going up and and you know slapping him and yelling fuck that I felt that it was just so jarring. It's a normalization of of violence in a way, and then to say that you're protecting your family by slapping someone on their behalf. And what does Jada Pinkett Smith think of her as her husband going up and, and, you know, slapping the Oscar host around? 
I was really shocked by it. And I feel that, you know, violence against women is not helped by violence. Um, you don't say things like love will make you do crazy things. And then I want to get into his speech, um, which I thought was even worse. So I have to say, I was really shocked by it. The joke was lowball. I mean, it was just unnecessary. And um, mm -hmm. I understand the pain, but we really could have done something better out of that and really made it an issue to talk about. No, I mean, the, the whole room looked jarred by it. I mean, when Questlove was speaking, you can see people in the background that are on their phones trying to figure out what's going on. Um, before we get into the speech, there was moments, and a shout out to Kyle Buchanan, uh, Scott Feinberg, uh, Clayton Davis, and others who were in the room all the way up in the upper deck, but they were zooming in with their phones, and they could pick up the picture of after they went to commercial, Denzel Washington, Tyler Perry, Bradley Cooper, um, consoling him, especially Denzel Washington, who from the video, it looked like went to town on him and almost like scolded him like a, like a, like a father figure, like an uncle, um, angry, you know, at someone younger than them. And it just, you know, he called him out in the speech Denzel, which I thought that that was, you know, at your highest point, that's when the devil can come in, I believe is the, is the line. It's so true. Denzel had said that to Will Smith. Yeah, to Will off off air, and he put it in the speech. And but the way that when you're looking at Denzel, Denzel's looking at him like, don't don't mess this up anymore. Just take your Oscar and go. And it just it it was so weird. And I mean, here's the other thing: it could have been a lot worse, actually. If you listen to the audio right after uh, Will Smith does the second you know, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth. There is a moment where you can hear Chris Rock said, I could. And he doesn't go and continue that thought, meaning he's going to go after the marriage. And I know Chris Rock. He's my favorite stand-up comedian. That man can cut you like a knife. And it is in, he is relentless if he wants to be and he didn't and he showed the restraint that will smith did not in that will smith used violence to answer and instead of chris rock perpetuating it and making it even worse he moved on and gave out the award he and didn't he did make it more about him yeah and i thought that that was great I did. I did, too. I thought that was really good. And then Will Smith goes up and he makes a speech. I mean, it was emotional. He he had tried to make a point of writing this in. He did not apologize at that point to Chris Rock. But I felt really uncomfortable about him talking about Richard Williams and saying that somehow equating him with this, saying things like, I was the crazy father. What I know about Richard Williams, I mean, I'm, he's a controversial figure, but he never mm -hmm. resorted to violence, at least not mm -hmm. what I know, not on the tennis court, nothing we have in public. Mm -hmm. And to sort of equate him with this and say things like, I was the crazy father, I thought was really disrespectful to the girls. Who And Richard Williams himself um, did a statement yesterday through his son saying that he does not justify or condone violence in any way and I thought going justifying his own actions by using this other man and his and the family I just thought that was a really low blow I also thought what, what to me felt very icky one is that he 
had a PR person literally there behind the scenes trying to write something. And this is what they came up with. And that's bad. Cause like so he needs bad. the new, it needs a PR person. When he says I needed to protect these women, I'm sorry, but for me, oh, that so to me rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, it's like women can't stand up for themselves and be strong and independent and powerful without you don't have to Will protect Smith. me and definitely don't protect me with violence and definitely don't do it in front of the world exactly you know? I mean, exactly just and it's it, it's like no you didn't protect these young girls you didn't do that with ingenue you made a movie cut it out and then the other people that i felt really sorry for beyond the winners in quest love and chris rock and even jada for you know because i don't think she could have ever expected probably him to do that now if we find out that like because will smith was laughing at the joke that chris rock said so if we find out something along the lines of like she gave him a look and told him get up there and go kick his ass or he took matters into his own hand we'll never know that but you know still you know her condition to me making fun of is still very you know much like not what you need um but the people I felt once again very sad for was Venus and Serena. Oh, yeah. During the speech, they put the camera on their face. And if you know anything about tennis, if your listeners know anything about tennis, is that Venus and Serena are always the epitome of controversy. The media is always trying to equate them as angry, upset black women uh, in a mostly male dominated white journalistic world. And always, you know, anytime they have raw emotion, they are perceived as a problem child mm -hmm. of their sport. And this is a moment to celebrate their father, the moment to celebrate their film that they that they helped executive produce. This is to tell their story and their movie, their story, this win will be marred by violence. So terrible. And it's just like Serena's face said it all mm. is, oh, my God, we are here in this moment regretting every decision we ever made with this man. And it's it's devastating. It's like the absolute worst message that could come out of this. It really was in every way um, such a low blow. But do you think that the Academy should have or ABC or whoever should have taken him out and not let him make a speech after that happened? Yes, that's on Will Packer again. Um, it's almost like you you kept him in there so that you can continue your ratings bump and to see what is he going to say next? And yet that's not fair, though, too, because then it goes back into the whole thing of what happened last year, which is you don't know if he was going to win or not. I mean, we had an upset last year in Best Actor, so who knows uh, at that point, which I clearly think that they should know or the producers should know the winners. And yet at that point, then, like, it would have been unfair to Javier Bardem and Benedict Cumberbatch and andrew garfield and um you know and the and the other who is the other nominee my god i'm, I'm trying oh uh, denzel washington, washington my god mm -hmm. um, <laughs> i was like i forgot about denzel i'm sorry denzel um but uh yeah it would have been dis, uh, disingenuous to them who had come to the show with their chance of winning and then to know that like will screwed up even their moment to have a clip package or whatever people celebrate them would have even been worse but i think that I don't think that they should take away his Oscar. I think that they should. They're going to have a board of governors meeting 
They already have an emergency call about it. I'm under the mindset of let Chris Rock and Will Smith handle this themselves. Um, let them have shoot. Let them have one of these roundtable discussions that Jade is like talking about their marital problems. Um, let them have Chris Rock come on there and they and they hash it out that way. Talk about the or put it as an ABC special or something. I don't know. Um, but also too, like Chris Rock's not pressing charges, so we can move on from that. Um, expelling him from the academy. I mean, yes, he slapped and it, it, you know, and ruined an Oscars, but they've expelled people for far worse things than what Will Smith did. And I would say that you want to open up Pandora's box, you go right on ahead, but it would be a dangerous, dangerous uh, president that they would have set at that point. So, so you I, don't think I you would... should expel even, I mean, after the Me Too, they do have guidelines. He did exactly everything that they have in those guidelines. Um, I don't think he should come back and present Best Actress next year because I don't need any more of that uh, protecting women at the Oscars. I think, if anything, Chris Rock should come back and present Best Actress next year. That's the consolation prize. Is you want to slap somebody, take away Chris Rock and everything. Just have Chris Rock come present Best Actress. That's Will Smith's punishment is not being invited back one year. And the important year, which is when you're supposed to come back and pass the torch, you don't get to pass a torch. The torch was passed to you and you threw it on the ground. So that's the only time I would say that. I don't think expelling him from getting nominations or anything like that. Uh, you don't have to do that. Um, you know, because if he, de- if he delivers great work again, like, you know, deserving work, he should be nominated. But at the same token, though, he's not to the level of other nominees. I mean, I don't want to bring him up, but like Mel Gibson says some pretty horrible mm-hmm. things and he got multiple nominations a couple of years ago. Things that I would I would argue are, are far worse societal and everything than what happened between him and Chris Rock. This is what somebody told me last night. This is celebrity gossip being put right on center stage and we eat up gossip because we love it. But at the end of the day, it's it's let them deal with it. Let them figure it out. The Academy doesn't need to make things even worse and sprout even more uh, fervor with it. There should be something that should be taking a stand that you do not deal with things violently. I mean, no. that the toxic masculinity of it all um, needs to be, I don't know how, I don't know what the Academy should do or who should do it, but I think that that's a really important discussion that this was just someone who's so beloved and someone who, you know, that his go-to emotion is to go hit someone um, is just not something we need in our society right now. <laughs> uh, that yeah. I think. Maybe, maybe, he, maybe he donates the Oscars, to uh, his Oscar to the museum and it stays there as the punishment. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what you do. It's tough. It's no, a tough it's call tough. to make. It's a really tough. And Judd Apatow and several other people um, and comedians, lots of comedians have come out and really said, this is terrible for the whole industry. I mean, if you can't make a, you know, joke, are we supposed to be, you know, scared of getting attacked at clubs? And, I felt, and, yeah, I was going to say, you know, comedians are now terrified. Like if, you heckle somebody. I mean, literally heckling is part of co- comedy. It's observationist comedy is is I'm going to see what's in the room and uh, I'm going to spin off of that. And it's all jokes. It's not personal. And 
Um, and then also you had, I mean, I gotta say this too. I thought what, you know, others in defense of Will Smith have said are as bad because I think some of the stances by the people that have supported Chris Rock and all this have been like some very extreme takes. And then like what Tiffany Haddish said, uh, was like an even more extreme take about like, you know, I thought it was, she said, I I thought it was the most beautiful thing I ever seen. And I was like, okay, we got to find a medium in the middle yeah, again this is too, th- and, yeah, and we can't we can't polarize this this is not a hard one to figure out guys like the clues are all there mr policeman just put them all together okay but what did you think about let me read his apology because he did do a formal apology on instagram he says violence in all its forms is poisonous and destructive my behavior at last night's academy awards was unacceptable and inexcusable jokes at my expense are part of the job but a joke about jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear and i reacted emotionally i would like to publicly apologize to you chris i was out of line and i was wrong i'm embarrassed by, and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. There's no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. I mean, why couldn't you have said that in, in the, the moment speech. with your in the speech? I mean, it it also you mentioned it too earlier, right? As we were starting to talk about this, but the fact that he just brushed it off and went and danced like it Don't was party. nothing. Go home, go home. I mean, Apologize, I found out that we go home and be humble. I mean, we found out Chris Rock went to some party and I was like, for him, I would have never, I would have gone home. I would have been like, I don't want to be, I would felt like my joke led to this whole terrible incident. And then, you know, for Will Smith to go and dance and sing his own song, it's so, if I was like, what a narcissist you have to be. And with all this, you have, you have made it all about yourself and that has been known about will smith for some time by some people is that like he's a movie star and what do movie stars usually do they got egos and those egos are it's me 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 and we all thought he was grown up and beyond that i mean he had some weird stuff happen throughout the year with like the entanglement and the book and all you know his book and everything um but never to this level and it's it I, my heart goes out to every winner after that and every nominee because of the fact that we truly aren't talking about the, 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 the historic wins that happen. Exactly. Someone I read, one of the many things I read, but just to sort of put up that timeline that he comes in there, he wins, he, he beats, you know, he hits someone, he, he ruins the awards for many, many hardworking people afterwards. He gets an award, he's applauded, gets a standing ovation and parties all night and has statements mm-hmm. like it was a beautiful evening. That is not a good message about how to deal with, you know, your emotions and violence. And then he puts out this apology. I'm, I'm hoping everyone is going to learn from this, but it just doesn't give that indication. <laughs> no, no. Last questions about this. How do you think both for Chris Rock and for him in terms of their, you know, going forward career wise? Is it a dent? No, not on Chris Rock's. Chris Rock did exactly what Chris Rock's does. I mean, I remember when Chris Rock first was an inkling of the idea many years ago of him being a uh, an, an Oscar host. And people were like, oh my God, the guy that says the F word every other five minutes in his set, oh my God, the Oscars are going to be ruined. We'll never see it again. He's actually one of the best Oscar hosts we've ever had. He, he understands how to do bits, 
like you know he understands how funny he has to be he dials back how aggressive his humor is and i actually think he's one of the best hosts we ever have and a presence within awards that he's always just like a ray of sunshine like too and he's a beacon usually of like that smile and that energy that he has he's he knows how to work a room because he's toured arenas in this country and around the world so his ticket sales went up like through the roof he's got things sold out around the country now because of all oh yeah you wouldn't want to be at the first show that chris rock had after the oscars like heck yeah i want to be there uh might have some new material um and um (laughs) (laughs) um as for will smith i have no idea he's got his own production company he really doesn't have to make a single damn thing because he's like a bajillionaire um i'm sure you know he's he's got an oscar now so there's nothing else he needs well, he has a huge um, movie coming out, Emancipation. I think there was even Oscar buzz again about the next one. I want to say Emancipation is an Apple Plus yes, movie, it is. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So we'll be and they just won. See. So and they, it'll be, <laughs> they, well, the, they, the first streamer to get an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to run his film nearly as much as they will for uh, Martin Scorsese. You yes, know what I mean? Yes, Which is the film that they, they they have that. They have Cha Cha. They have Emancipation. They They've have got everything. A, a, they have everything right now. You know what I mean? They don't, I mean, they might as well just have a kitchen sink um, because that's what they have coming in next year. But um, I don't know. I mean, for him, time will tell. This is a huge mark on his legacy and his persona that he has always tried to have, which is Mr. Positivity, Mr. Box Office, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. You know, being a family guy, you know, doing all this stuff. It it mars all that. And because of the fact that, of like you said, like I've said, like everyone said, resorting to violence, thinking that violence is the answer when it is not that. And so I don't know if Hollywood's going to give him a lot of opportunities for a little bit, uh, and that might be his punishment, but he's also Will Smith, and they're going to give him other roles and stuff. Um, now, will he ever get celebrated to this level again? An Oscar, an Oscar nomination or whatever it's going to have to be a really, really undeniable performance at this point, I think. Well, I'm just going to close this segment by saying I'm interested in, if she wants to, hearing from Jada. And I hope that, you know, the discussion on on alopecia and that, you know, everyone, it's a learning moment and, and that this becomes something else. I hope that she's not suffering even more. No one's really talking about her. But it was a good segue talking about the fact that this was historic from Apple TV. I mean, the fact that streamers are now competing is is an indication of where our industry is and theaters and all that. Netflix has spent the past, what, seven, five, seven years spending millions and millions and millions of dollars campaigning for movies that almost won, from Roma to the other one, almost right in there. And Apple TV, after two years um, or so of, of take, you know, acquiring and making films they come right underneath and win the first best picture coda that really is a shift right it's just when when you're saying it out loud now and i'm hearing it it's 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 kind of a troll job by the academy (laughs) a little bit like it's kind of like oh you've been doing this and you legitimize the the streaming service and everything 
yeah, you know, good for you. Anyway, we're going to give it to Coda. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I've, I think that it's a historic win because now anything can win at any point of the year. This movie was released at, in a premiere at Sundance, not when the last time we talked uh, on the show. Yeah, you know, like a year ago. ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so um, 14 months released in August um, without really any notoriety uh, on this s- streaming platform that uh, if my family has ever been able to figure it out, then good for them <laughs> uh, how to get into it. Um, on a pretty niche one too, because not everyone has Apple just saying that. So, you know, it's, it's still fairly, uh, exclusive in terms of that, but I will say that when you saw Troy Cotter's win and you saw Sean Hedder win screenplay, it was undeniable. It was undeniable. And it was quite shocking given where we were two, three weeks ago, Mm -hmm. two, three weeks ago, we were still going, it's power of the dog. Netflix is going to do it. Yes, it's it's it. They, the twelve nominations. I think that you have to factor in the when the telecast was held, when everything was done, the fact that Critics Choice and other organizations held their votes and delayed when they usually give out these awards, because I think that Power of the Dog or maybe even Belfast would have won that award. I think that things would have been different. Mm-hmm. I think you can totally say that while also celebrating the fact that this is a monumental achievement for Apple. This is a monumental achievement for the deaf community while also the deaf community um, is having a conversation about the film. And I think we should respect people that uh, artistically um, story-wise don't agree with uh, everything about Coda. I think that you should totally listen to them. Because those things are, are very much justified. Talk, I, I haven't heard that discussion all that much. Can I've been I've read some art I've read some articles since the film came out, and um, they sort of popped back up this past week about the fact that this is a movie being championed about the deaf community, and yet is really the main protagonist is a uh, uh, someone that is not sure. deaf. It is it's it's Amelia Jones's character, and so. Uh, and then that they're in a lot of ways perceived as the bad guys for ruining her chance to be a singer. And so it's was an issue when the original French phone came out. It is an issue now, but you can't deny it that it also doesn't, I think, do it in a malicious way in the film or try the to. French it, film it does, didn't have any deaf actors at all. Yeah, exactly. So this this clearly Sean Hedder wrote the ship and and did it correctly i believe here but and also it's some people have also complained it's it's a shot for shot remake and and then you know but some people would argue that's what happened with the departed you know what i mean and 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 others it happens every now and then um but i think it's a a historic win i don't know necessarily if this means like apple tv is the only one that could ever win i just think now that it shows the type of win that a street or a type of film that can win from a streamer Netflix has poured, like you said, millions of dollars into niche director-driven auteur films. Yeah, which we're very grateful for. I love that. I mean, I mean, I love, I love Roma. I love The Irishman. I love. Um, I mean, I, I really want. I wanted Power of the Dog to win, um, even though it was not the one I would. If I did a preferential ballot, it probably wouldn't even be my number one 
that would be uh drive my car mm. but um but it would definitely be in the top you know like four or five and yet that's kind of where it was, would be at for like you know and where it's at right now where it's like yeah i won jane it lost 11 other awards um it lost its momentum because it's not technically as accessible or of other time or of urgent um as i i think it is but i don't think others think it i mean like <laughs> the two things that i think about now with power of the dog losing is well if you don't think toxic masculinity isn't running wild i would like to give you exhibit a of sam elliott's comments about the film and i would like to present you will smith slapping chris rock <laughs> I mean, the irony of these two things is just incredible. <laughs> it's so interesting because this has been, in a one way, super easy to predict. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't still understand how this movie won. <laughs> um, like, I've, I've been trying to think about it for the last week, and, and I don't want to sound disingenuous because I think it is, a, it, it is a great thing that something that wasn't like from Telluride or you know venice a usual place where we see uh, or toronto a usual place where we see winners over the last couple of years come from it means that any film at any point in any time of the year can win best picture and yeah, that is extremely exciting but i also think too like i said sam million's comments the academy sort of shifting and thinking okay well you know maybe just maybe we need to find something to replace power of the dog as the winner it felt little just kind of like it, it felt out of place it felt like we're hitting down on this one film to find its replacement to win mm -hmm. and that i can't abide by i think that that's the blood sport ability that people have with this award stuff and i think that that is deeply offensive and it examines that we are still far from you know, I, I, I want to make a movie one day and I want to make it about gay cowboys. Mm -hmm. So then if Sam Elliott makes a comment, then maybe I'll slap him in the face um, because I Don't thought resort to violence. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm kidding. But no, I'm I'm angry at the fact that there is these homophobic comments. Yes. And and other shady homophobic um, comments by people as well. And Oh, it's slow. Oh, it's moody. Oh, it's like broke back. Oh, it's like this. And I sit there and go, that is so the opposite of what we're supposed to be in, in our society. And I thought we were past this. I thought when an academy, this academy that has been evolving gives something like Best Picture to Moonlight, I think, oh my God, we are changing with the times. You know, I mean, we are we are evolving from Ew, it's the gay movie and i felt like that's what happened to power of the dog at the end and also too they just fell in love with coda which is kind of hard not to because yes, it's good. i mean i saw the film animal. and i i mean i i cried when i first saw it and i get it so um i don't know how the legacy of the of the win will be um yeah what do you think will we be watching coda in 10 years maybe not I mean, unless you're an Oscar purist um, and want to complete your bracket. I mean, I don't know, because that's the problem is that it's on a streaming platform that is exclusive to one phone carrier, uh, not to Android. And unless they release physical media, which I got that, that's the idea now, too, is that I love owning the best picture winners 
and I might not have one for this. And it that please criterion or someone out there get a deal with them. Um, and because I we need that. Um, and because that's the only way people are going to see it because it's not going to go on a television service. You know, it's not going to go on regular television for people, for people to see it like, like a green book. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I hate comparing the two, but that movie was at least in theaters and people got to see it and experience it. And so I hope maybe there's a theatrical run within the next couple of weeks of CODA for people to see it that way. Um, you know, that they do a, a physical media sale. So then it is shown and that people can see it because streaming it on a service, most people, regular people aren't going to do that. But I will say this for Netflix. I think their strategy this year of focusing on one pony in the race, continue to do that. They will break through. They're going to, the, people love them. I mean, they're still winning awards. They've I love won. how you're talking about Netflix. Like it was the underdog. Keep going. <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, they're kind of in that spot again. <laughs> We're like, we can't say that it's, that it's a streaming service bias. We just say it specifically now. It is a Netflix, Netflix bias. bias it, yeah. it is totally like these are the guys that opened up the floodgates, much like in the television academy when they had House of Cards and stuff. The, you know, they're the ones who opened up Pandora's box about streaming. They awarded something else. And then, then it took an undeniable winner like the crown season four for them to be like, yeah, we can't deny it. it's crossed into culture and everything like this is the winner. Um, you know, they've won two out of the last four best directors uh they won for corona and they've now won for jane campion these are things that you know they've won acting prizes they've won texts they won all these things they will get best picture one of these days but i would encourage them to find something like a coda mm -hmm. find something like uh you know that is it can be directed by an auteur director there's no question about it but find something that is more than just art maybe find something that can move an audience um, you know, a general audience, because I think that that's where they've had their problems is they hit these juggernauts like Parasite and like Green Book and like Coda, uh, and they can't compete because they can't get the average person to tug at the heartstrings or to get in or invested. And it's well, can that's I just where say I think that I've spent hours watching it twice through now pachinko apple is going to sweep all the tv prizes coming up now <laughs> oh is it really miracle. is it that it's good a, it's a miracle of a series it's the they might have drama and comedy because they have ted lasso i know it's gonna be apple <laughs> i was just writing about oh. this the other day is um, that a limited series or is it or is it um... well it, it's it, I hope that they get a new season because it's the first part of um, it's really three parts in the book, so to speak. Oh, okay, okay. Just a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, we can talk about that when you've seen it after. But um, just rounding up here, we talked about Troy. We talked about Ariana and those were quite predictable. Is there anything else? Dune swept um, a lot in the technical awards, yeah. which was also quite expected. Anything else in terms of the awards themselves that you want to talk about? I was I was happy that Billie Eilish won um, mm -hmm. for No Time to Die um, because two one she 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 seemed since like when she won the Grammys she was like nervous and didn't want to win any of them. She seemed genuinely <laughs> happy for her and Phineas and. Uh, you know, brother, sister combo up there and um, they're adorable. Uh, and it was also, it led to one of my funnier moments of the night, which is to once again, see Diane Warren lose um, oh, because I times. felt, so, 
I felt so bad for her, but her face was just like stone cold angry that it's like 13 now. <laughs> um, and then the fact that Dos Orguitas did not win. So then therefore Lynn uh, wasn't uh, had to miss his speech. That would have been tragic. Yeah, because he um, was, couldn't go because his wife had COVID. So he. Yeah. And so he he bowed out out of, uh, of cautiousness, which was a respectable thing mm-hmm. to do. Um, and he's going to take care of her at home. Which is that's what a husband does is take care of his wife, which is sick, not slap a, a comedian. Um, but uh, I thought that the the wins for Dune um, show strength within that franchise. I think that part two, uh, maybe that's when we can get uh, the guy that Denis. was mentioned the most on the telecast, which is Denis Villeneuve uh, to get nominated. Um, and I thought that Greg Fraser winning that's huge i mean he might be nominated again next year for the batman because his work in that is extraordinary um i thought the production design and the editing win were a little bit of a surprise uh but not really when you start thinking about they just they just love dune in those tech categories um if it had gotten the director nomination would Denis have been a shot against jane we never will things those are two things we'll never know we'll never know if what if Sean Hedder was in the director category and what if Denis Villeneuve was in the director category? Would they have challenged Jane Campion? But I also loved Jane Campion's speech. One, she's like, oh, a, a kook, she's like our kooky aunt. You know what I mean? She comes up out of nowhere. She makes a great movie. And then she's like, you know, gr- grilling a little bit of Kevin Costner's like monologue. And, um, and she's like, that was bizarre. And um, I, but I just love that she got her moment. Kenneth Branagh, you're, you've talked with him. I've I've talked with him in person. He's such a lovely guy. To see him finally win one, finally get it. Yeah, it was nice. That was nice. Pour one out though for for um, PTA, who's now at standing at eleven nominations mm-hmm. as well too. So one day for him, it'll be here soon. I really um, but, wanted yeah. Maggie Jill. I predicted Coda in screenplay, but for me, The Lost Daughter is at just a marvel of an adaptation, and I would have really oh, loved yeah. to see Maggie Gyllenhaal get something, especially screenplay for The Lost Daughter. Rizuke Hamaguchi winning yes, with Jai Makar. Well, actually, the country of Japan, because there's that stupid thing where the director doesn't win doesn't for get- so dumb. That's a rule change. Please, somebody in the Academy change, because then it's like, these these people don't get to keep they don't get to be called Oscar winners, even though they're the ones making the speech. And uh, and speaking of speech, like, let him talk. Oh, they didn't they, let him oh talk. that was so embarrassing. Every time yeah. he was just a bit quiet for the translate, the music started. I mean, he didn't even that was terrible. He didn't really have a disrespect. chance. And it's so disrespectful. So and here's the thing. I don't even remember Coda's acceptance speech for no. Best Picture. And I need to go back and rewatch it because. They like I said, everything at that point, by the time we got to that ending, it was like, okay, let's get out of here. Let's go. I'm done. And it was like literally how I felt about award season. Yeah. Um, usually, but moment like that taken away. It's and and also Sean. I do remember Sean Hedder's reaction, which was just absolute shock that her film won. And 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 I can't wait to see what she gets next due to this it'll be it'll be interesting to see what she does um because and i hope and and i can't wait i hope that troy kotzer gets more work uh i'll be excited to see what ariana debose does as she's going to take over the world um you know i I, it's it'll be nice to see that um i haven't thought about next year already because i don't want to 
Um, but it's been, it's, it was, it was as crazy and chaotic and long as this award season has been, the show definitely fit the bill for that season. Yeah. Next year, newcomer Martin Scorsese will maybe be able to. Who's that? <laughs> oh, I, I really hope, really hope he does well with that little debut he has. I, you know, I, DiCaprio uh, is back. And <laughs> that unrecognizable performance, which is like clearly just like a comb over over his yeah. face. <laughs> anyway, lastly, uh, for an award show that we started about talking about was not great and very predictable um awards this we are never going to forget it it's going to be part of our oscar history and lives nope. forever so it's really to use the operative word weird it is it's just weird and i you can't you can't make up some of this stuff and um this is why you have to watch the oscars this is why it's it's an event exactly because you never know what's going to happen. You never know if somebody's going to mix up an envelope or slap somebody in the face or, uh, you know, or, you know, the lights are going to go out or whatever. You know what I mean? Or someone's going to run naked on stage. Or, if we continue know. on this trajectory, it could be really dangerous. The other stuff is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, Ryan, thank you so much. And see you soon, because I guess award season starts like now. It starts in like uh, a month or so when can happens, right? Like, and we'll find out all those juicy little films that have come from there. But no, thank you so much for having me on. It's a, it's it's always it's always a blast to talk with you. And but now we get to rest. I, I hope we all get to just rest. Like that, that's the number one thing is I can say is that everyone rest, go back to your corners and reevaluate how you did this award season. Good good parting words. Thank you so much, Ryan. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.